0: Hi, and welcome to Relatable, a podcast dedicated to simplifying the complexities of modern everyday relationships. What if being great at relationships was easy for you? How would that change your life? How would that impact the people you love? I'm Fiona Lukies. Join me as I pull back the curtain on how easy it is for you to up your relationship game so you can enjoy effortless relationships with anyone in your life and become more relatable. Hi, everybody. Today I am delighted, thrilled, beyond excited to have Dickon Bettinger as, as a guest on my show. First of all, I just want to say, epitomises love to me in every way. Someone that is a, a beautiful person to be around. Dicken is a psychological educator who spent his whole life teaching and learning about well being, And then I, I think it was about 10 years into your practice as a as a licensed psychologist you met a philosopher Sidney Banks who I unfortunately never got a chance to meet and he really woke you up to something much deeper around well-being and our, and our true nature Dickens written a book coming home which I highly recommend I often give to to my clients it's a wonderful book and he travels the world sharing this understanding he's been married to his beautiful wife Cozy for 50 years has two kids four grandkids and is thriving and loving life. Welcome, (laughs) Dickon.
1: That sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel so, so grateful, Fiona, to have learned something that's just uh, helped me be so happy in life and to enjoy life and get really comfortable when all those times when I feel uncomfortable and not have it be a big deal in my life. So grateful for what I've learned. And so I'm glad to be able to talk about that with you today.
0: Just that one little sentence you said then, to be be comfortable when I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. There's just so much in that one little phrase. You
1: know, Fiona, in my relationship with my wife, we learned... Pretty quickly, that the quality of everybody's thinking goes up and down. And that's what we would call uh, moods. Everybody has moods. E- even this enlightened man that I met, Sidney Banks. Uh, sometime, one time, somebody asked, "Sid, Sid, do you still have low moods?" A- and he went, "What?" I said, "Do you still have low moods?" He goes. What do you mean? It would be like me saying to you, Fiona, do you still exhale? I mean, I know you breathe, but do you still exhale? I mean, that's just waste. You don't do that, do you? They had to ask Sid three times. And finally, somebody said, Sid, some people have the idea that if you become enlightened, you would stop having low moons." He says that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Low moods used to be such a big deal in my relationship. When people go into low moods, it seems like universally anywhere in the world, when people go into low moods, we're in lower quality thinking. There's more judgment in our thinking. There's, to me, it's just natural. It's like the psychological waste. Like you eat food and you eliminate waste well psychologically we do the same thing we have thoughts that are healthy and nourishing and then there's wasteful thinking if you will and it's full of judgment Uh, it, it creates a sense of distance and separation so I don't feel as close to people in life when I'm in a low mood See, knowing that that's natural and normal didn't make it so frightening. I can't tell you how many people I've noticed that they get into a low mood. They don't feel close to the other person. They start thinking, I don't think I still love this person. And then they end the relationship. Just by that misunderstanding. So one of the the very first things I learned from Sid is, everybody's always thinking it's normal to go up and down and we're aware beings, so we can be aware of the fact that we're living in a thought created world and we're connected to a deeper intelligence in life that allows us to distinguish between what's healthy and what's not healthy between high and low between If I presented two plates of food to you and one was healthy food and the other was garbage, I couldn't trick you because we learned to discriminate the difference in quality. So to understand that low moods was just low-quality thinking and it was normal, and if you let it flow through you, it passes quickly and we're like little kids, we're very resilient. But if at any moment you stop and start thinking about what you're thinking about in a low mood, you can stay in that low mood for long periods of time. And if you don't know it's just your thinking, you'll blame the other person, or you'll think it's really true. I'm not close to you, and it was monumental in my relationship with Cozy when low moods became. No big deal. It didn't mean there's something wrong with our relationship. Didn't mean there was something wrong with us. Didn't mean, oh my God, we've got to talk. Things aren't right. We got to talk. We used to have endless low mood conversations, trying to sort things out and make things right and figure things out and get on the same page. Now it seems... (laughs) Absurd absurd to me. It's like every argument and conflict in the world between people is two people in a low mood, thinking it's a good idea to try and talk about things. When you're filled with negative thoughts and judgments and you don't feel close to the other person, and you think they're probably the reason for why you feel this way. <laughs> So it's the relief. Both Goizy and I still have low moods like any other person on this planet. And I can tell when is in a low mood, she just gets quiet rather than more verbal. She does less thinking rather than more and it passes quickly. If she sees me in a low mood rather than what's wrong with you, why do you have to be this way? It's more like, can I get you a cup of tea? Sweetie. Oh, you're having a low mood. Okay, well, here we go. That's all right. We do that sometimes with little kids who are in low moods. We become extra kind to them. We think as adults we shouldn't be having low moods anymore, and we start judging people for it. <laughs> it's all innocent. It's all. It is innocent. It sure is nice to become aware of how thought creates our feeling, experience because it has immediate ramifications for our relationships.
0: Absolutely, Dickon. I mean, when I came across this understanding, I truly believed that my marriage was over. So it's been extraordinary, the impact on, in my life and on my marriage. Extraordinary. And I thought I believed I was in a place of there was no coming back from. You know, I had this very rigid view of, well, when you make a decision, That's it. Yeah. And I've made a decision. I don't change my (laughs) mind.
1: (laughs) You know what that kind of decision is, Fiona? (laughs) It's what I call taking a low mood thought and making a conclusion about it and thinking it's true. According to my teacher, Sydney Banks, that's the only psychological problem any human being on this planet has. They're in a low state and they think that thought is true. It doesn't matter if the person is young or old. It doesn't matter if they're male or female. It doesn't matter if they have been diagnosed with psychiatric difficulties. There's only one psychological problem. In a low state, people grab onto a thought, get wedded to it, think it's true, and then they also start thinking, well, this feeling and this thought is who I am, and we create an identity around this. So we cling to it even stronger in a, in a stronger fashion, right? Well, that would be like finding garbage somewhere and holding on to it tenaciously and thinking this is... This is what gives me life and nourishment. And you eat out of that bag of garbage the Mm -hmm. rest of your life. It's innocently, that's what I see people doing. Can, Can I tell you a story? Please. I've been talking with a young teenage boy recently. He was getting into arguments and fights all the time and it became a real concern for his parents and for the school when we talked it was so i could see the innocence we're always thinking it's normal for it to go up and down when he was in a low state he'd become very wedded to his opinions there and then become argumentative, and he was, in a sense, fighting to defend his sense of self, innocent. As he started to learn that every human being is always thinking that it's normal to go up and down and we can be aware of the difference, when we're not aware of it, it all seems as important or we put even more importance on our low mood thinking. We start thinking waste is our truth. There's nothing wrong with waste. It's a natural part of life. We eat, we eliminate waste as as part of the system, but we don't want to confuse the. T- <laughs> no, we don't want to confuse the two. Oh, excuse me. Uh, getting a little graphic here, but. Uh, in a sense, psychologically, that's what we've been doing for hundreds of years, innocently, which is, then leads to psychological unhappiness and struggle and insecurity, leads to conflict, it leads to war. So this teenage boy started hearing about the logic of this understanding of how the mind works. Boy, did it affect him because he couldn't find anything to argue with. And this is someone who loved arguing, but he couldn't find anything to argue with. You know, I go all over the world and say, everybody thinks, and I have no argument. Quality of people's thinking goes up and down. Who doesn't recognize moods in themselves and others? I mean, it's what Sid would call psychological facts. They're not theories, they're not ideas. They're universal facts that are true for everybody. They always have been true and always will be true. Last time we talked, he said, oh my gosh, Dickon, I'm catching myself all the time getting caught up in my low mood thinking. And when I realized that, I have no desire to hold on to that thinking anymore. And I, it brings me right back to the now and when I'm in the now that thinking just passes naturally and when it does I feel so different I see so different I, I deal with people so differently I don't even think it makes sense to argue anymore and then I started seeing other people and my heart goes out to them because I can see my friends and People in my family and, and people with kids at school getting caught up in their thinking and they're feeling horrible and they have no idea that it's coming from getting caught up in thought. So they're blaming everything else, the weather, other people, the classroom, the teacher, the life, right? And innocently, once we know it's thought, that's the birth of self-responsibility which allows us to fall out of or allow to flow through us naturally low-quality thought. No, flow through pretty quick. Watch watch little kids. They live in the now. They get upset. It flows right through them. They get over it quickly. We call it resilience. As people start to understand this, they become more resilient. Well, you have one person in a relationship who gets more resilient, the relationship is already a healthier relationship. Because one person is getting over their upset very quickly. They're not taking it to heart. They're not saying this is who I am and then defending it. Right? One person, if you have two people that start doing that, it's it's a whole new ballgame. But even if one person does it, I've seen time and time again one person gets healthy in a relationship, it's already a healthy relationship. It's hard to have a one-way argument, for example. After After I caught on to this, my kids and my wife wanted to have low mood discussions, and I basically just said to them, listen, I love you, and because I love you, I want to talk about important things when we're at our best, not when we're at our worst. So I'm not going to do low mood exchanges anymore. It's too painful. I don't see it working. I don't see it helpful. It's a little bit like when you have a cold, going up and sneezing on people. They don't say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and psychologically, I had been sneezing on people.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> innocently. And as a matter of fact, I was reading tons of books at the time that encouraged me to do that. Get your feelings out don't keep them inside it's not healthy get your feelings out oh my gosh when people started doing that the divorce rate skyrocketed oh here let me tell you my worst most judgmental thoughts you are so ugly and I can't believe you're you're so annoying and I can't stand you and you have to change for me to feel good oh my gosh you can see how that could Oh. spiral down quickly and get out of control. And then one person to the other says, enough of this nonsense, I'm out of here. But fortunately, it can turn around the other way very quickly, like you've experienced,
0: Fiona. I still cannot believe how quickly that turned around. I think I had this belief that when you're feeling there, you have to climb an enormous mountain. You know, there's a huge mountain, and if you're prepared to climb the mountain and do the work to climb the mountain, then maybe. I didn't see that. then. Ne- a mountain never appeared. I just found myself falling back in love with my husband.
1: No, oh, that's beautiful. Well, that's what falling in love with is seeing them through the eyes of our thinking when we're in high moods rather than through the eyes of our thinking in low moods. With our friends we see them through the eyes of love, with our enemies we see, see the same people through the eyes of judgment and when we no longer buy into our judgmental thoughts and see them as just low quality and let them flow through, more and more of the world we see is we're seeing the world through the eyes of love. Not just not just the people we're close to, but everybody. We become more compassionate, more understanding, like happened to this teenage boy very quickly. These kids he used to get so upset with, and then all of a sudden he had compassion for them, I'm saying, Oh my god, Dick and my heart goes out to them, they're caught up in their thinking and suffering, and they don't even know that that's why they're suffering. So compassion.
0: Beautiful.
1: To go from hatred to compassion well, almost overnight is what's so hopeful about people learning facts rather than buying into low mood thinking. Mm-hmm. Learning what's actually true. That's that's why I'm so grateful to Sid Banks is he discovered facts that many of the top people in the field of psychology had not discovered, but that's how discovery happens. It's through insight. And he had a massive, profound realization of how we actually work. So it's very hopeful for any relationship.
0: And I'm just curious, you know, you you said before that when you discover this and your family still wanted to talk through their low moods. You said look I love you but I want to I want to talk, us to talk when we're at our best. If someone's listening to this for the first time, I'm thinking their question, a question they might have in their mind is, well, how do I know when I'm at my best? How can I tell the difference? Because I can get caught up in my low mood thinking so easily. How would I know?
1: When you're driving your car down the road, can you tell the difference between a red light, a yellow light, and a green light? Yes. How can you tell the difference?
0: By the color. The color changes.
1: Okay. Feelings are the color that let us know when it's red, when it's yellow, and when it's green. And everybody knows what it feels like to feel good. Everybody knows what it feels like to sort of feel good. Not really. And everybody knows what it feels like to be stressed, tense, upset. Everybody. I just didn't know. The connection between thought and feeling. So I didn't pay attention to my feelings because I couldn't read the signal. So I was running red lights all the time. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> I love that. It's
1: a great metaphor. Totally. If you run a red light, you might get away with it. Like I can scream and yell at my kids and I might get away with it, but I tell you, it's an accident waiting to happen because at some point they're going to start yelling back. Then it's war, or they're going to start closing down and just shutting me out, which I see happen innocently in relationships and in family. People get upset, think it's true, and then they either fight or flight. With understanding, that's the third option. Instead of fighting or fighting, we see through our thinking to what's true. And then in that we come back to the now. If we really see thought, it always brings us back to the now. The instant we're back in the now, we have more common sense, more kinder. Even when we're upset, we drop out of our thinking and stop paying attention to it. And immediately we we have more common sense. We know enough to not sneeze on people. Or we know when it's better to walk out of the room than to stay there and blow up. Now. It didn't take long for my kids when I stopped coming after them when I was in low moods. In other words, they'd have their coats on the floor and I'd, I'd get really upset and go after them. Or my wife would be in a low mood and I'd go, Why do you have to be so annoying? You're so judgmental. Right? When I told them that I wasn't going to be coming after them when I'm in a low mood because I'm taking responsibility for my low mood. And instead of wanting them to have a timeout, I'm giving myself a a short little timeout because you're only one thought away from the now, which is the timeout room.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh.
1: Oh, it's just... And after a while, my kids saw that there were two dads, low mood dad and high mood dad. Low mood dad is judgmental, almost immediately says no to anything, doesn't want to listen, and thinks he's right. High mood dad is much more open-minded, he listens really well, he's kind, he's understanding, and he's a little more flexible and fluid in terms of how he responds to our requests. And he's more open to possibilities. So pretty soon they started realizing, we want the other dad. We don't want this upset dad. We, and one time, <laughs> one time, my daughter, when she was a teenager, came to me and said, Dad, you're just in a really low state and I have something very important to talk to you about. And I want you to do what you do. Now go in the other room and do what you do. Take your chill pill or whatever you do and come back so we can have a decent conversation about this and figure out what to do.
0: Oh, Oh, that's (laughs) fantastic. Chicken, that's brilliant. (laughs) That's what every parent would dream of their child, you know, um, saying as in that, like, we really need to talk. Let's go and sort yourself out so we can have this yeah. yeah.
1: Fantastic.
0: I love it. Wow.
1: Yeah. It's just common sense. It's just common sense with mm-hmm. with my relationship with my wife, when low mood, instead of becoming something to focus on, think about and talk about, became a normal, natural Illumination of psychological thought and to let it flow through and then when I'm in a clear state and feeling good seeing what makes sense from that perspective what makes sense to talk about so it wasn't avoiding conversations but I tell you I would rather have one high mood conversation with my wife than 50 low mood conversations it'll be way more productive way more kindness and respect think of it this way fiona i've been working with people in their relationships for oh man since the 70s i've been around for a while i've never seen a relationship improve By bringing low mood thinking and feeling to another person consistently and dumping it on them. And it's rare the relationship that I don't see improve when you consistently bring kindness to people, even if you're very firm and direct with people. It doesn't mean you can't say what's on your heart, but the feeling is what people respond to more than the words. Think of dogs. You can say to a dog, you're the ugliest dog. Yes, you are. You're so ugly. You're stupid. You're stupid. You know, it sounds, and they'll wag their tail. Well, people actually are like that. They respond to the feeling. They respond to kindness. They respond to warmth. They don't trust low mood dumps. And uh, most people don't like being slimed, so they'll back off rather than open up. You know, when we fall in love with people, all that means is that we get to experience an extended good mood for a period of time, so we can get off to a fresh start with our relationship. And then, When we see the other person have a low mood, we all, we just think they're adorable and we want to do anything at all to listen to them and to help them. Well, when we start understanding how the mind works and how thought works and how thought creates feelings, we start falling in love with life again and being more understanding of the natural fact that people have low moods. And most often, people don't recognize it as thought. Most often. Isn't it interesting? With understanding this, when people realize they're caught up in thinking or in a low mood, and they can tell by the feeling, if it's my thoughts holding this in place, when I let go of all everything I'm thinking, it goes away. That's what resilience is. It's meant Our thinking is meant to flow until we hold on to it, Do we believe it. Think it's true, hold it in mind. When we let go of it, it's in the river of thought and it flows and it passes. Then automatically we start to feel better and we get new thinking. And we bring that feeling and that thinking to other people and relationships improve. We feel good, we stop blaming the world for what we're feeling. We start seeing low moods as natural. So we stop getting so upset with other people that are having their low mood. it's sort of like, oh, it's that time of day. We don't get upset for people that they go to the bathroom. We say, oh, it's that time, (laughs) it's just natural. It's not a problem if you let it go.
0: Yeah, and, and that and that really is the key, isn't it? Is seeing how natural it is. There are so many things that our operating system. There's so many things that are automatically so natural for us that we don't even think about. Um, you know, our our breathing, as you mentioned before, our respiratory system, our digestive system. There's all these systems that know exactly. Yeah. Do in our body. There's this incredible intelligence that, that just handles things for us. You know, I sat down one day and I thought about what actually am I in control of when I think of my physical self? And I couldn't think of anything. Yeah. It's completely, I I say to people, we're like self-cleaning ovens. It doesn't require much efforting, certainly not as much as as we've been led to believe. But I'm curious, what would you say to someone who may know that they have low thinking but they feel like they can't help it's just constantly coming through and they feel like well, i i don't want to think about it i know it's not good for me but it it's still there and it's this this thing that i keep grabbing hold of but i don't mean to
1: i know a lot of people have told me Dick, and i know when i'm upset that it's just my thinking the upset is the movie on the screen The Thinking is the film. Nothing shows up on the screen if it's not on the film of our thinking. So, nothing we experience from when we're born until we die. So, I've had people say, Dick, and I know it's thought. And the next time they're caught up in their thinking, and I say, Well, what are you feeling right now? And they tell me, and I say, Why do you think you're feeling that? And they don't say, Oh, it's just my thinking. In that moment, they don't realize. In that moment, They don't they'll say, well, I'm upset because I have so much work to do. Well, I'm upset because it's, you know, my roommates being really ugly. Or innocently they'll point it toward this, I'm upset because it's such a miserable day. Right? And they they if we really see that it's thought, why would I hold on to something that's hurting me? If I took any human being and said put your hand out and I put something in their hand that was really hot or really cold would they go now how do I let go of this? See that's part of the wisdom of this system is if we know that holding thought is what's creating our suffering right at this moment No one at that moment asks for, how do I do it? No one asks, how do I do it? You let go and you don't even ask, how do I let go? See, Wisdom knows when we see the relationship between what's uh, our experiences. Like, for example, if I put my hand on a hot stove, I may leave it there if I don't realize that that's where my pain is coming from, my hand touching the stove. But the instant in that moment, I realize that's the only reason I'm feeling this pain. I I do not need seven steps for how to take my hand away from the stove. I don't need our practice. I don't need a technique. It's built into us as human beings as part of this deeper intelligence to move away from what's causing pain. Now, isn't it interesting that the, innocently, because most adults have not learned this, most adults, when they feel like they have a problem with somebody or an issue, or they feel tension around that person or stress, or they get upset, the vast majority of people don't, oh, That's just thought, let go of all of it and back away from their thinking into the now. The vast majority of people, and this happens to me sometimes too, because I don't see it. And if we don't see it, what happens is we feel bad and then we start thinking about it. And we start thinking about what's going on, what we should do, what this means, what we should say, what the other person said. We start talking to them in our head. We get into, we lean into our thinking. And if we lean into our thinking, it it keeps it alive. In other words, it, it keeps us feeling whatever we're feeling for as long as we lean into it. It's a little bit like if a little fire starts, it'll go out on its own if you don't feed it. But if you keep putting sticks on the fire, it'll turn into a bonfire. I did not know that any adult in a low mood who keeps thinking about anything, is innocently feeding the fire. And when I started to see that, my feelings became so friendly. Thank God I felt stressed and upset. It's like an alarm clock going off to wake me up out of that thinking into the now. Because in the now, there's no problem, issue. There's no chronic feeling. We're very resilient in the now. and. Being Having an open mind rather than a closed mind, we get feelings that uplift and we get new thinking, fresh thinking, helpful thinking, common sense. And boy, that's what we need in our relationships is clarity, perspective, common sense, to have feelings that allow us to feel closer rather than further apart. And all of that is given to us freely when we get out of the way. So all we have to do is see we're in the way. And then there'll be a natural coming back to the now. Sid would say over and again, if you really see thought in the moment, you'll stop thinking about everything. You'll come right back to the now. You'll let go of your holding any thought or feeling so that you don't keep it alive this wisdom will naturally take care of it it'll fade away it'll pass we do that all the time anyways we don't realize it i've seen people so upset and somebody says it's lunchtime they go oh really what's for lunch and they immediately <laughs> immediately, immediately drop everything they're thinking and they feel different immediately you see where that close to our well-being we're a thought away and all it requires is we drop into the now we drop out of our head into our heart and then it's a different world it opens rather than closes
0: i love that that's beautiful dick and and, you know i'm not sure if i've shared this story with you before it still makes me chuckle some it's a number of years ago now but the first time that i ever met you we had coffee on the waterfront in lacona and uh there was a, a i i was really excited to to be meeting you and and there was a i was it was the first week of my mentee program with with georgia linda and and there was another mentee there that um wanted to meet you and and uh you kind of said, well, this is the only time I've got available. And she came up to me and said, I hope you don't mind, but I'm coming too. And I did mind very much. and um, But I didn't say anything. But I, had a, I was quite annoyed that I had to share your time with this. <laughs> it was hilarious because we were sitting there and I was still grappling with, in my head, Sid's words, listen for a feeling. I had no understanding of what that meant. I was too literal with it. I kept thinking, well, but a feeling doesn't have a sound. I I don't get it. I I really don't get that. And, but I knew there was something there, but I just, honestly, I was so blocked with that one. Anyway, you, you, we had this beautiful conversation. You're sitting next to me. She's opposite. And um, we have this beautiful conversation. We were both spellbound. You get up and leave and she and I are sitting there and We're in this very deep feeling with no awareness that we are. She looks at me and she says, Fiona, you have the most beautiful blue eyes. And I said, (laughs) Anyway, we had this extraordinary moment where we just, there was nothing but love. We were so present, it was incredible. And I, and I remember afterwards, that was a, a very big moment for me because I, I'd seen it before, but not as deeply as that day. I saw my own arrogance and it was such a gift. And it came from that conversation and from me realizing how deeply connected I was and what it truly meant to listen for a good feeling. That came out of that conversation. Mm-hmm. And where the space we were in after we yeah. shared that yeah. and the connection that she and I felt, I could not believe it. Because in my mind,
1: that's beautiful.
0: I had all this thinking
1: on a deeper level, we're all always connected. We're energy beings floating around in a sea of energy, and we're part of that whole ecosystem. We don't tend to realize it, so we think we're just this little body and separate. And so there is already a deeper unity. We're human beings. There's one being and many humans, or one mind and many expressions of mind. It's similar to saying there's many waves on the ocean, but it's still all the same ocean. What I absolutely love seeing more deeply is that when I fall out of my concepts, ideas, beliefs, my personal thinking, the thinking I'm doing, there's just what's left is just this alive presence, alive aware presence. And that's what said called listening. We're not thinking. You can't think and listen at the same time. When we're not thinking, thoughts can still come and go, but we're not thinking them. They're just flowing. We're not paying attention to them. Now we're in what he called pure consciousness. It's pure because it's not influenced by anything you're thinking. It's not being distorted or contaminated by your low mood thinking or by any thinking. And you're just in this pure, aware presence and thoughts that are practically creatively responsive to whatever circumstance we're in. So it's built into us for that to happen. It's what we call innate well-being. You take any human being on this planet, and when their personal thinking quiets down, Everybody universally has feelings that, what we call beautiful feelings. Could be anything, but it's it's a feeling that helps us feel the connection to life that's always already there. I don't have to create connection. It's, we're already connected on a spiritual or energy level. We're all part of the same ocean of Conscious energy. Right? So we fall into this space within that's free of the influence of our personal thinking. It's what some people call the now. It's so readily available. It's so ordinary. It's so always right here that we have no clue that that's what we're looking for. And we haven't realized that. I can have the biggest problem. I can't think my way to clarity and perspective, wisdom, love, understanding. No one can the computer wasn't built for that purpose. you won't you don't marry your computer. you don't get love and completely new outside the program box thinking right so the beauty is this discovery is that. Our attention, of any kind, ever, is an indication it's time to close the laptop, to stop looking for answers in memory or information, come to the now, which is the unknown, but it's a beautiful unknown. It's a, it's a presence, awareness, aliveness of this moment when we have no thinking weighing on us at that moment. And then, this is what Sid blew me away. He said, if you touch that space, any human being touches that space within of pure consciousness, of just open presence and a feeling, silence and a feeling, he says, I guarantee something beautiful will come into you. You'll feel relief or you'll feel a relaxing or you'll feel an openness or you'll feel connection or you'll feel inspired or uplifted or motivated or you get renewed in spirit and then you start getting a higher quality of thinking coming through that's what we call common sense thinking that comes to us that helps us make sense of difficulties and problems and things going on in our life i love that we're built already built with everything we already are part of an intelligent system like you said a loving wise system being like being our true being our true self is this field of infinite energy possibility, endless, boundless creativity, uh, uh, a love that can't be hurt or damaged. It's not conditional. So the metaphor that has been used, the oldest psychological metaphor in the world is the one of clouds and blue sky and sun and that we're part of nature and we work the same way. We get caught up in our thinking which creates clouds and sometimes they're dark and stormy. All of us have thought storms. That's natural. But when we realize that and go beyond the clouds, we let go of our thinking, we go beyond our thinking. There's clarity, there's presence, that's blue sky. And then we start experiencing this inner light going on this. We lighten up, we lighten up, we see the light, we go to the light, we start feeling better and better. And then we start getting new and fresh thinking. When a person feels stuck in a relationship, the only thing they need is new and fresh thinking now i have a completely different experience the only way we can have new and fresh we have to be willing to let go of the old let go and let god right we get the old out of the way we let go of our ego our personal thinking and then something new and fresh can shine through we bring more light into the relationship into our lives we lighten up we start to laugh again we start to Be kinder and more loving and more understanding and more compassionate without even trying to be that way. It's natural. It's built into us. It's our nature. It's built into our true self. That's the beauty and the relevance for any relationship, any person. Wake up out of our thinking, fall within, rest in the now, rest in the space. And be open to or listen for this shift in our feeling and our thinking, and then bring that into the world. Let that be our contribution to our relationship. At one point, I had an insight feeling I only have one job with my wife. It's not to figure out problems, not to fix her or solve her problems, right? it's to wake up out of my limited thinking. Find a space where there's freedom from my own ideas and beliefs. And allow more warmth and kindness to come through again. And then bring that to her. It's my only job. Look within, find a feeling, bring it forward, give it away. It's the most beautiful, I had no idea that anybody regardless of your personality or what you've been through or your past that any human being on this planet could wake up to the nature of how their mind works and right away start waking up out of painful thinking falling open receiving this deeper flow of love and wisdom and bringing that into the world and People's lives can change, turn around very, very, very quickly when they realize there's only one problem. We get caught up in holding a thought and thinking it's true. And there's one solution is going beyond our thinking, touching this space, filling up with deeper feeling and allowing it to come into the world. Instead of sneezing on people, we bring light into the world even in abusive relationships, even because when people get happier and healthier, they get wiser, they don't get dumber. So it makes it easier to know how to deal with the abuse effectively, responsively, right? Rather than continually dealing with it reactively, which leads to fight or flight, which just keeps it alive. So in any relationship, there's no downside ever to clearing our minds of thinking that clouds our vision and being able to see more clearly and then feel more alive and creatively responsive to whatever's in front of us. No downside. It's like if you're driving your car down the road and you get a lot of rain on it, you can't see It's dangerous if you can't see. No downside allowing that thinking to just fall away no downside. If you get mud on your windshield, thank God. We, we're we part of a self-cleaning system. All we have to do is come back to the now and stop paying attention to what we're thinking and feeling. And it's built to pass. It's built to clear out. And with that clarity, we have a fresh start. We can deal with it. We can deal with anything, anything, because it's, now we have the wisdom of the universe behind us coming through us, guiding us, helping us know what to say and what not to say and when to say it and when to run and when to call the police and when to and it guides us. It's called common sense. That's why they say in case of emergency, stay calm. They don't say in case of emergency, think yourself into a hole. Think yourself into a frenzy. Because in calm, we surprise ourselves with how well we we rise to the occasion. We surprise ourselves with how we respond in new and fresh ways we didn't even know were possible for us. Boy, is that valuable in a relationship. We just keep getting out of the way and letting this deeper wisdom and love shine through, period. Easy in that sense. It's not always easy to us because we get caught up in thinking and it seems real. And then we get lost. Me too. Me too. But it happens less than it used to. And my life is so much better that I start understanding how that works. And so that's what I share with people anywhere in the world. Any age. Any age. Well, any age. Doesn't matter. Any culture. Any... People don't have to give up their precious beliefs, they just have to know when to use them and when to set them aside. Just like with our computer, if you walked around all day on the screen, somebody would start saying to you, I don't think this is healthy. You know, you got to get off the screen and join life. You know, we tell that to our kids constantly. You know, I'm going to set a limit on your screen time. It's not healthy. Well, we stay caught up on the screen of our thinking all day long often. And then we wonder why our relationships are starting to feel distant and not so enjoyable. Boy, that can turn around quickly. Our feeling lets us know every time when it's time to let go of everything we're thinking. Close the laptop, look up, come back to the now, and then see what makes sense. Bring a nicer feeling forward into the world.
0: Thank you, Dickon. I could listen to you all day. It was just beautiful. Thank you so, so much. So much value there for, for people listening. I think this is an episode people will want to listen to many, many, many times.
1: Fiona, I've loved doing this with you. I yeah. love doing this with you. Thank you. It's so good to be with you too.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Relatable, where we are committed to taking the stress and confusion out of relationships. If you're keen to find out more, the best place to start is to head on over to my website, fionalukies.com.au, where you can download my free Relationship Masterclass video series or join the waitlist for Relatable, my brand new online program where I personally take you through how to have a great relationship with anyone.